you don't have to be someone who kicks in a door or pushes a pickle button or squeezes a trigger to have the mindset of a warrior. If you understand what all those all those people are doing, you can have a better understanding of what it takes for you to support those people. And that's the business that we're in in an airbase. We, we support that, right? We do have cops that go out and deploy. We do have some of our medical Hello, and welcome to this episode of Tinker Talks, the audio format podcast for all things inside the fence of Tinker Air Force Base. I'm your host, April McDonald. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Colonel Hall Sebrin, who took the reins as Tinker Installation and 72nd Air Base Wing Commander just over two months ago. Welcome, sir. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. It's great to be here. We'll just jump right into the questions. And uh, you grew up in an Air Force family with your dad being an Air Force fighter pilot. How did his service inspire yours? I think I just grew up uh, around airplanes my whole life. My grandfather was also in the Army Air Corps. Uh, so learning learning about that and just uh, seeing the things that the Air Force did at the time growing up in the 70s and the 80s, uh, you know, new airplanes flying around. Uh, and, and just that kind of environment of service. And that, that's kind of all we talked about when I was a kid was, you know, you need to you need to figure out a way to serve your country. And so I figured going in the Air Force would be the way to do that. That's awesome. So that led you to the Air Force Academy. So right. you're a ring knocker. <laughs> um, did you find that the Academy prepared you well for your leadership role once you entered the active duty Air Force? That's always an interesting question because the Academy changes so much. Uh, if you look at the Academy now versus when I went through, I think, I think they're even better prepared now. Um, they certainly gave us lots of leadership opportunities. Uh, there were lots of little things that you could do to, to hone some leadership skills. Uh, I don't know back then that we really focused on leadership development like they do now. Uh, so I'm, I was really happy to go back and be a, a commander there uh, a few years back and, and seeing what the, the cadets are getting now and their leadership uh, opportunities that they have and the development opportunities that they have, I think are far better now than we had. But uh, Certainly, it was about camaraderie. Uh, it was about taking care of the mission, and it was about uh, you know, taking care of your, your friends and your family. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it. I think it probably prepared me pretty well. I would. I would think that it would. You're no stranger to the Air Force Sustainment Center, coming to tinker from serving as the vice commander of the Ogden Air Logistics Complex at Hill Air Force Base in Utah. How valuable is that experience coming into the 72nd Air Base Wing? I think it's. Uh, I think it's a huge benefit because you know, they are such a huge uh, mission partner that we have. I mean, it's almost 10,000 people over there. And to have kind of an understanding of their needs uh, over there and their wants, right? Needs or wants are two different things, but uh, certainly understand their needs and being able to, to meet those needs so we can shape what we do here in the air base wing to meet not just the ALC, but also our 552 counterparts, the, the 507, STRATCOM Wing 1, and the 40-plus other tenant units out here. Just having an understanding of how all those things fit together, uh, I, I think, help help set me up uh, to take this job. So right. time will tell if I'm doing well or not, but... <laughs> <clears throat> it is a it is a huge part of this base the the complex absolutely is. so what is the role of an aircraft maintenance officer and did it repair you for prepare you for a future within the air force sustainment center so aircraft maintenance officers are uh, not the expert in anything uh, we are as most officers are generalists and our job is to uh, as with any officer organize train and equip by law that's what we do and so 
you know, from the time I was a second lieutenant all the way up through colonel uh, when I le- last, uh, left my last assignment is how do I organize the force in such a way that it can meet the mission, right? How do I make sure the training is, is good so that the airmen go out there, know what their mission is, and can execute that mission, whether it's in a benign environment or whether it's in a denied environment, and then equip. How do I go out and get the resources for them so they can do their jobs the most efficiently and most effectively uh, that they can? And so that's the role of a, of a maintenance officer. That's the role of any officer. Uh, maintenance officers, aircraft maintenance to be specific because we have munitions maintenance officers, right? We have 21Rs, logistics readiness officers. <clears throat> and so I was focused on, on fighters uh, and primarily the F-16 uh, for our, throughout my career. And so being able to understand how the sustainment center affects what happens on an individual flight line at the tactical level uh, is is a big deal. So I've been fortunate enough to be at a, at a depot three times uh, and out on a flight line. A, a, I can't even count the number of times I've been on a flight line, but uh, knowing how those two interact so that you can uh, use your knowledge gained in one area to help you in another, and it just kind of feeds off of each other back and forth. So if you know what's going on in the flight line, you can come back to the sustainment center and say, hey, look, this is what we need out on the flight line. We're not getting you know, it's the sustainment center and you've been to the flight line, you can say, all right, I know what they need out there and here's the levers I need to pull. These are the resources that I need to make sure that I get them the things that they need on the flight line. And then you come back to the flight line and you go, okay, I understand that process. Here's how I need to organize this process. And it's just back and forth, back and forth, if we're doing it correctly, my opinion. There are those that, you know, that have different paths. Uh, but I think if you can know both of those, you can be much more effective in getting your airmen what they need because that's what it comes down to. Do the airmen have what they need to meet the mission day in and day out. Right, right. That's very important. You mentioned the F-16. Is that your favorite airplane? That is my favorite airplane. What makes it your favorite airplane? <clears throat> um, it hasn't always been my favorite airplane, but uh, I started off when I was a kid at, uh, at Kadena when my dad was stationed out there. It was the, the SR-71 because I just thought that plane looks amazing. Right, um, and then it was the F-15 because my dad was initial cadre at uh, at Kadena on the F-15, and so I thought that plane is amazing. Uh, and then I got to Nellis, and they put me out on the F-16 for my second job out there, and I was a little I was a little miffed, right, because the wing commander at the time and my dad knew each other, and so I'm thinking I'm going out to the F-15 side of Nellis. They all we had all the fighters out there, and I was a little miffed at first, but then I started to understand the mission of the F-16, and I started to get to know the people that maintain it and the people that fly it. And the mission is just amazing. It does everything. Uh, and, you know, one person in there trying to do all these different things at the same time, and it just fascinated me that, that, that an airplane and a person who flew it could do that. And then to watch the airmen out there make that happen every day, it just was, it was mind-boggling to me. And so from you know 1997, when I stepped foot on F-16 flight line until now, I've just watched that airplane grow and the things that it could do then versus the things that it can do now. Uh, it's I don't even know that you can hardly compare them uh, it's so wow. much so much more capable and the people are amazing of course right so uh, I had some amazing uh, airmen and sergeants pulling me along and teaching me how to how to you know change different parts and run engines and, and, and do all that stuff so I, I guess it's just being around it for so long uh, and the first you know plane that I worked on so that, that, that's why I love it that, that makes sense I need to pay more attention to it I guess and and learn more about it yeah Amazing airframe. Yes. In in your first commander's call, you mentioned being a fitness nut. Can you tell us about how fitness became such an important part of your life? Uh, we were always encouraged as kids to play sports. Um, my parents didn't 
dictate that we had to play a particular sport, and I think they wanted us to play as many as possible, so we grew up playing soccer and football and baseball, uh, a little bit of track uh, and wrestling, and uh, and so I really got into to football and wrestling, and those were kind of my sports growing up through through high school, and I was able to wrestle in college at the Air Force Academy for a little while, and so I've just always been a part of my life. My mom ran track and and. Uh, she held a bunch of records at her high school for a long time. Uh, so I just thought that was cool. And then my dad, um, played football and, and soccer and he, he went to a Virginia military Institute and he was able to, I think he played soccer there for a little while and, and wrestled. Uh, and my uncle, uh, Herb is like an all American athlete at his college. He was like football, track, basketball, wrestling. Wow. I mean, he, he's, you know, so I just grew up around a bunch of people who were athletes. My grandfather was an amazing golf uh, at golf, um, amongst, uh, playing some instruments. So I just kind of grew up around that and it was always, you know, go outside, come in when the sun comes down or when your mom calls you for dinner. Right. right. So <laughs> that's just the way, the way we grew up and, and, and the way I've always been. And so I, I, I try to, I'm a little bit competitive too, probably because of all that upbringing. And so sports and, and being physically fit, uh, is, is a big part of my life. And I think it also helps with your, with your mental fitness. If you're, if you're physically fit, you don't have to worry about how your body's doing and you can, you can focus more on, on your mind. Um, and so for me being able to work out and, and do something where I can kind of relax, which kind of sounds strange when you're talking about working out, but I can relax when I work out and I can free up my mind to be thinking about other things, uh, so that's 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 my fitness world best I can explain it <laughs> yes the benefits to living a healthy lifestyle are are definitely more than just staying in shape physically oh so 100 I agree you recently told members of the wing that you want us all to have the mindset of a warrior no matter what our job entails can you explain that absolutely so you know, first and foremost, what I what I also told everybody, which for some people is a little bit shocking, is that, you know the Air Force is designed to deter conflict. But when we can't do that, is is to to break things and kill people. And uh, you know, it it sounds harsh to say it that way, but that's what we do. Uh, and so, if you don't have an understanding of what our overall mission is, then then you can't really effectively figure out how where you where you stand in that. And the other thing that I told everybody in there was you don't have to be someone who kicks in a door or pushes the pickle button or squeezes a trigger to have the mindset of a warrior. If you understand what all those all those people are doing, you can have a better understanding of what it takes for you to support those people. And that's the business that we're in in the airbase wing. We support that, right? We do have cops mm-hmm. that go out and deploy. We do have some of our medical folks that go out and deploy and do those things. But the rest of us are designed on, to support those people. Make sure those people are trained and equipped, right? Organized, trained, and equipped. That's what the officers do um, to go out and do that so they can be as successful as possible because we want them to come home. Like I don't want somebody to go out and they were killed or injured because we did not train them properly right. or we did not give them the resources or we did not give them the repetitions of the training that they were getting. And so that's what we have to be thinking about our overall mission, what that is, and how do we hone ourselves so that when we have to go do it or we have to send somebody out to go do that, then they're ready. And they, we give them the absolute best chance of coming home. And so that's what I mean by having that mindset of a warrior. That's, that's very good advice. This is your first assignment as a wing commander. Is there anything that has surprised you about this position yet? Every day. There is something <laughs> new every day. Uh, I tried to, as I was as I was coming up, probably later, you know, as lieutenant colonel, and definitely when I was a colonel, pay attention to what, what my wing commander thought about. Um, but I didn't have a lot of wing commanders that really 
sat down and said, here's things that I'm talking about. And I had a wonderful, wonderful wing commander at, at Shaw, uh, Maestro O'Malley. He's a brigadier general now. Uh, he's working with the uh, NORAD folks up in Canada. And he really opened up the doors to us group commanders and, and really said, hey, here's things that I'm thinking about. And he would, he would call us up individually and say, hey, I'm having this problem. And it would not be a problem in our particular area. It would be a problem somewhere else. And he'd say, well, what do you think about that? And you had to go, oh. I didn't even know that thing existed. I didn't know what that was going on. So that was helpful uh, to me. Uh, but still today, and, and even today, I was in a meeting before this, and we were talking about some security issues over in uh, Building 3001. I'm like, wow, okay. I didn't have an understanding of that, but but now I do. And okay, I need to think about that for a minute. And so it's it's something all the time. There's little pieces everywhere around this base. Uh, you know, as a as an installation commander, um, who is also a wing commander. It puts you in a, a different spot. And so one of the things that surprises me, although I, I knew about it, but you don't really feel it till you get in the seat, was, okay, I, I'm the installation commander, which means overall, even though there's a three-star and a two-star and some SESs on this base, I'm responsible for this base. Right. And, and it's, it's a kind of a heavy burden to make sure, okay, we're talking about gates, we're talking about security inside, we're talking about security outside. That is not something I worried about as a maintenance officer. <laughs> I just was like, okay, there's a red line, the cops are protecting us, we're good. Everybody go out there and work and let's launch some jets. Right. Uh, but now it's, okay, i got to make sure that we're safe. i got to make sure people are fed uh, on the base. So another meeting that, that we're working on is, how do we make sure our, our civilian workforce over on the other side of the base has enough access to food every day? You know, so that they don't have to worry about that, and they can they can do their work. And when it's time to eat, they can eat, and they can go back to work. Uh, and so it, it that's a tough question that you asked right there uh, because it, it's something different every day. Every it really day. is. But that also makes this job fascinating. It right. really makes it fascinating. Right. You you never know what to expect. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you had time yet to set your priorities for your duration as commander? Uh, I think so. Um, and I talked about it in our, our uh, commander's call a little bit, is I want us to be as effective and as efficient as we can be. I want us to look forward to see what challenges are going to be out there in the future. So I'm not talking like next week or next month. I'm talking like a couple of years down the road. What do we see? And what are the steps that we're going to take to get there? We certainly have to be completely focused on the chiefs, you know, accelerate, change, or lose. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read that, and then the, the Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta orders that he has out there, that like, we have got to have an understanding of that. Um, and so I, I want everyone in the wing to have read that document. It's short, right? So right. as a maintainer, I like to say small words, pictures, and story format. That's what works <laughs> for me. And so it is. It's it's short. It's a, it's not quite story format, um, but it it is very direct on here's the things that we need to do, and I want us to get after those things. So if there's a process that we have uh, that we haven't looked at to make sure it is as efficient and as effective as it can be, then we need to look at those. But we need to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the mindset of our of our customer, right? So just because we think a process is good, if our customer doesn't think it's good, it's not good. Uh, and so that's kind of where I, where I want us going, looking at every little, you know, no stone unturned. How are we supporting the, the people that we need to support around here? So. Okay. You're very mission-focused, but I've heard you speak highly of your time with your wife and family. Can you share with us your thoughts on work-family balance and its importance to your life? Well, I mean, balance is important. You hear, you've heard uh, balance before. Uh, I think Chief Wright used to say harmony, right, because balance kind of assumes 
the way I like to put it is, you know, not every day is going to be 50-50. Um, one of the things that I tell all my commanders is, you know, growing up, you know, as a lieutenant and as a captain, you can probably make most of the practices and games. Um, but you should never miss a game. You should never miss uh, a, a dance recital. You should never miss some function that your kid is going to have that, that, you know, you're not going to be able to be there for the practices. You're not going to be able to be there, you know, for the dress rehearsals, the scrimmages, but you need to be there for the games. Um, and so that's a little bit of, of, of balance and we can get ourselves out of balance. And I've gotten myself out of balance before, right? Uh, I did, um, coming out of Hill the second time we were there, I had to go to school for a year. I had to go by myself based on some EFMP concerns we have with the family. So that's a year of separation. And then for my first group command, I was selected to go to Kunsan. So now we're two years, two years apart. And so that's not a good balance. Uh, and so there were some some tough times coming home where, you know, you're you're away for kind of two years with some visits, you know, here and there, and you kind of grow apart just a little bit because life is happening, you know, like whether you want it to or not. <clears throat> and so it took us a little little bit of time to to reintegrate. Right, we had to get some help. We went and saw some uh, uh, marriage and family counselor to to kind of help us get reconnected and, and go. And we're, we're, we've been going gangbusters ever since. Um, but you have to look out for those things that are going to get you out of balance. You cannot always be working. You right. just cannot. Yeah. And you, but you also cannot always be, I've got this function and that function and that function with the family because there's a mission that has to happen. And so you've got to find your own internal way that you're going to create that harmony uh, in, your, in your home life, right? Because the objective, I hope, for everybody is, you know, you, you start to create a family while you're in the Air Force and... You want to exit the Air Force with that same family. Not, a, not We're not all 100% successful at that, and there's lots of reasons for that. But finding that correct way to balance or harmonize that work life and that family life is super, super important. And I want all of our, I've talked to all our commanders about this, making sure that they are modeling that behavior for our airmen because you, the mission is seductive sometimes, right? You just got this thing. You just want to get it done. I want to get yes. it done. I want to get it done. Next thing you know, you're you're at work. You've been at work for six days, for 12 hours, 14 hours a day, and stuff's going awry at the house. You know, your spouse needs some help. Uh, your kids need some help. Uh, and, and you're, you, you, I wouldn't say you're ignoring them, but, but you've put them on a, on a lower priority, which is going to happen because sometimes the Air Force has to be the number one priority. Right. But sometimes your Air Force has to be the number one priority. Everybody's different. You got to find your way to do that, and there's help out there for that. And and I and I cannot stress enough. You know, if you're having trouble balancing that, talk to a commander, talk to a supervisor. If you're having trouble at home, there's oodles of uh, opportunities out there. Where we're oodles there. Uh, <laughs> you know, go see a, a marriage and family counselor just to get some tips and tricks on you know what works and what doesn't work. Right. And they can give you some. There's no shame in that, and, and you need to do that. And that's why I like to talk about it. Uh, Everyone's got issues, and there are people out there that they are trained to help you with those issues. So why yes. wouldn't we use them, right? Exactly. If you break your arm, right, and you go to the doctor, there's a doctor to fix that, right? right. No, one, no one says a thing about that. But if there's something going on in your head uh, and you go for help, for some reason there's a stigma, and there shouldn't be, right? There should there's something be. broken, you go to a doctor, you get it fixed, and you're better. And, and so, yeah, but that's, that's part of balance is taking yes. care of yourself. Yes. Um, when you were talking about being there for the games it's so important for the kids I know um, my nephew all through his football career in high school and college he would always 
look up and he would see us and then you could just see his face yeah. changed because he knew that there was somebody there to support him so yeah. that is that's so important you know especially for the kids chief scott just talked about that uh, to me yesterday we were, we were sitting in the the office um i was like 4 30 or so and he's like hey i gotta get out of here for the game i'm like sweet get on out <clears throat> and he said you know the other day uh, i was out of game and uh, his his four-year-old ran by and looked over and saw his dad in the stands and just like he said huge smile was like oh dad's watching me yeah. and he just picked it up that much more and so it the effect on your kids is is phenomenal it right is. it shows them that you care and you love them and, and you're there for them exactly yeah. exactly this is a very large installation with incredible support from the community have you had an opportunity to engage with local partners i have and they are amazing um I thought I came from a great place to hill with great community partners, but here, unbelievable, unbelievable. So I've had a chance to meet the Dell City Mayor, uh, the Midwest City Mayor. I've had a chance to meet the governor and their staffs, uh, Congressman Cole and his staff. I haven't met Senator Inhofe yet, but I've met some of his staffers, some other community leaders. I've been to the Chamber of Commerce a couple of times and, and met with those folks. And, and to a T, they are all looking for how they can support this space. Uh, and, and I hope that we, uh, inside the base, are looking for ways that we can support them. And so that's, it should be a mutual, uh, a mutual agreement between the two of us. Right. They support us. We support them. And we have uh, just some phenomenal, um, I don't want to call them regular folks because they're not regular folks, but unelected officials like the Kloibers. If you've ever talked to them, their support for this facility is amazing the it way is. that they open up their home uh to our airmen and the, and they open up and their their time that they give and uh, the home away from home program that that miss Kloiber has done unbelievable yes. right there's uh there's like close to a hundred airmen out there that have these families off base that just take care of them they go and they show up and they just kind of get a chance to relax and they get a chance to talk to someone who's not in the military and get their thoughts and their opinions it reminds me a lot of when i was a cadet at the air force academy we had what's called the sponsor program and you had a family that took in a, a cadet or two or three and and i had two amazing families and i 100 percent would not have been able to get through the air force academy uh without them so uh, the larders and the schnefs if they're out there listening uh, and they know uh couldn't couldn't have done it without them and so i think that that's the same here those airmen are getting a chance to to get out and relax uh, get some of that balance in their life can't work all the time right go go find someone to hang out with make a connection uh and then show the rest of the community you know the the integrity and the selflessness that the you know uniform members have uh out there you know to include all our civilians uh around the base they're just some amazing people here uh and, and being supported by amazing people outside the gate i, I can't talk enough about it I'm just going to start rambling. <laughs> that <clears throat> connection is very, very important, and it's it's important to the success of the installation, also. One hundred percent, and and uh, you can look at it, and you can uh, you can see that the growth growth of this base is uh, attributed to those organizations that are outside the wire that are purchasing land, uh, and that we are then able to acquire at a later date. So. That's how we have the KC-46 complex right. down on the south side of the base. That's how we're going to have uh, the B-21 campus out, out on the uh, the east side of the base and, and innumerable other things, right? The, mm -hmm. uh, the 9001 area used to be a GM plant that was bought, and then we were able to purchase or, or were able to lease uh, for a while. Um, it, the support, it, you cannot talk about it enough. 
Right. It's it's unmatched, I think. I, I tend to agree. <laughs> <clears throat> is, there, is there anything that we have not discussed that you would like the Tinker community to know about you? Um, probably not. Uh, just want to reiterate the fact that... Uh, that the airbase wing staff, right, the group commanders, the squadron commanders and directors, the, the civilian directors that are out there are all here to, number one, achieve the mission, but not necessarily on the backs of our airmen or our civilian counterparts. And usually when I say airmen, I mean everybody that's working right. on the base, but sometimes you have to clarify that, so I want to make sure we're clarified on that. Um, we're looking for ideas. We're looking for ways to do things better. We're looking for ways to make things more effective and more efficient. Uh, and so we can only do that by getting ideas. And, and you get ideas from all different places. Right? You get ideas from people who have been here for a long time. You get ideas from new people who are coming into the workforce because they, they see things differently than someone who's been here for 20, 30, 40, even 50 years. Uh, and that's a good thing. But we have to unlock that secret of being able to listen and take an idea from an, from its original seed of an idea into something that's going to be uh, effective uh, for the mission. And, and so that's what I, I really want us to do, and I don't know that we talked about it um, previously, but, but that's what I want us to do on this base. Look for ways uh, that we can help each other out. And and I like to think of things as a, as a family. Like, we're a big family, but we're a family business, right? Like, not right. like the mafia is a family business. <laughs> like, we are a family business. Uh, we But we have a mission. And that mission has to get done. And we have to work together to do that, right? So the other thing that you've heard me say is focus, attitude, and teamwork. Focus on the job that you have uh, on that given day, that given minute that you're doing it. Right? Have a positive attitude and work as a team. And, and we're going to get everything done that we could possibly get done and even more than we can think about. And so that's what I think I would leave, leave the podcast with is, you know, let's take care of each other. Let's be kind to each other. Um, I, I like to say, Two, there's two L's. There's a big L and a little L. And the big L stands for love that you have for your family, your wife, your kids, your husband, whatever, your spouse, you know, mom, dad, all that stuff. Little L is the love that we should have for each other because we're all in the Air Force together, right? And because we love each other enough, we're going to take care of each other. So when someone's having a bad day, we're there to pick them up. When someone's having a great day, we're there to say, hey, good job, keep going. Uh, we've we've got to have that. We've got to create that connectedness amongst ourselves. And that's just going to, if that permeates uh, across the base, then everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be positive. All those negative things are going to start going away. Uh, but we, we've got to start with our own positive attitude first, right? right. Put, put the mask on yourself first, <laughs> right? Uh, and then we'll go from there. Yes, that's a that's a great way to end this podcast. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down with us this morning. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and get to know you better. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to Tinker Talks on iTunes or Spotify. For Tinker News, visit tinker.af.mil. And you can also follow us on social media at Tinker Air Force Base on Facebook and at team underscore tinker on Twitter. Thank you guys and have a good day. And as Colonel Stephen said, be nice to each other, take care of each other, and, and we'll get through this time uh, all together. Thank you. Have a good day.